Welcome back. Back again with an episode of Talking to Myself. Episode 5, your host Malcolm Malcolm tuned in. Glad to be back. Right? Taking a little little, uh, requisite or taking a little break from um, recording some episodes. Been really busy with school. Uh, but it's, you know, always good to kind of get together and sort of hash out some of our thoughts from the past few weeks and mm-hmm. um, some of the experiences we've had with the podcast and uh, with some of our own teaching practices. So I guess the first things first, you know, just right, right around this time, we just hit uh, 100 plays. Um, and so we're just, you know, so thankful for all of the love we've been getting for the podcast. I mean, just so much support. It's been absolutely fantastic to hear both the um, glows and grows for the podcast. Um, and, you know, some of our ideas around expanding the podcast have just been, um, you know, have been there and been playing off of, of each other, trying to get yeah. some of these like, ideas sort of flowing. Um, and y'all's support has just been, you know, monumental. So. Yeah, it's very exciting that people are like, one, actually listening. Um, and engaging with us. I think that's a big thing that, you know, me and Malcolm both want is that if you listen, make sure you engage with us, whether that's a, a rating on Apple Podcasts, a review, a personal message through email. Um, if you if you know us personally and you happen to see us, you know, a quick word, um, like you said, glows and grows. Um, and we do have our website up now. Um, talking to myself.org, correct? Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. So um, make sure you guys check that out as well. Talking to myself.org. That's going to have all our episodes, our bios. Um, and we're also going to be trying to keep up an updated reading list. You know, as we have these episodes, we talk about different readings that we, and authors that we have checked out. We've checked out. So make sure you check that out. Um, and that's another platform for you to get engaged in us. We have a contact form. Um, and we really would just want, like you said, all the glows and grows that you guys have. And if you really have something to say as well, if you're an educator, if you're not an educator, you just feel like you have something you want to say about the topics that we've discussed, make sure you reach out to us too, because we definitely want to start very soon adding in some messages from some outside sources and even bringing some people on so- onto the podcast. Yeah, I know we, 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 we talked about it and sort of keep mentioning it over and over again in each one of our podcasts. Uh, but we're um, going to be sitting down real soon and starting to reach out to some people that we know have expressed interest in wanting to be on the podcast and trying to get those sort of seasoned voices uh, into the conversation. You know, I know Malcolm and I are just very recent educators. Um, and so our opinions and our views are come from uh, both um, the sort of vibrant want and need to make mm-hmm. the education world and the education field better and to sort of stretch the limits of what education has sort of been expressed or seen as before. But that isn't to say people haven't been doing it way before us. And so to sort of get those individuals here on the podcast, um, that is such an important aspect of this conversation. So please, please, please reach out to us. Um, We also are going to be getting a Facebook page going and Instagram so you guys can be in touch and we can sort of, I guess, reach out to you guys with people um, and stories in a more, I guess, unique way. Yeah, definitely. um, For sure. Yeah, Um, I don't have any personal social media right now, so... I'll definitely talk, be talking to people through that, uh, our social media pages for the podcast, so that'd be great. Most definitely. Um, 
yeah, so thank you so much. And to sort of one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is something that, you know, we had to take a little bit of a break from doing the podcast, um, both just because uh, life just happens that way, but also just sort of give us a break because of school. I know we wanted to meet this past Sunday, but we're unable to. So now we're meeting during the week. We sort of don't have class uh, because we had a crazy assignment due. Um, and so one of the things that, you know, that break did for us was allow us to sort of take care of ourselves mm-hmm. and get some of the other things that we need to get done, done. And I know that I recently had a conversation with um, an educator. Um, she has not sort of decided whether or not she wants to come onto the podcast. So for the time being, I'm going to leave her anonymous, but I was having a conversation with an educator about uh, she was going to be leading a professional development um, for DC public schools. And the topic that she was talking about had a lot to do with the way, the fact that um, public schools, especially in elementary school, are sort of phasing out social studies and science and focusing yeah. a lot on math and English and how those experiences are now becoming sort of elitist. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, with elitism comes um, racism. And so a lot of black and brown children are not getting that same experiences or knowledge around social studies and science that a lot of uh, more affluent students um, would, would be getting. And when I say affluent, uh, I don't just mean white. I also mean students that have a connection to their um, historical cultural lineage, mm-hmm. right? So when I say black students um, are not getting this, I really mean African-American students, students yeah. that are very disconnected from their historical background in terms of uh, their historical cultural background. Um, and so, you know, we, there isn't as big of a gap in terms of social studies and science knowledge and understanding when it comes to students that are connected to their cultural background. So let's say a student from Ethiopia, a recent immigrant, or um, a student who recently immigrated from Colombia, or um, other places that I know my students are from or or have connection to, those students usually have family members that are connected to, um, you know, different places around the world, right? I know, but a lot of African-American students, their world is their neighborhood. It's their hood. Yeah. Um, And that really limit their understanding of the world around them mm-hmm. and sort of their positionality within the world. And, and when we talk about, you know, how, how people can understand or feel that they have influence on the world around them, um, that's extremely limited yeah. when our understanding of the world is our backyard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she was just talking a lot about how this sort of divide and the sort of um, break in this uh, in, in education, you know, she doesn't know she's about to give this professional development on you know how to um, bridge it. But at the end of the day, she said, "I don't know how to do that." Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go mm-hmm. give this talk, and I feel like I'm talking about something that I, I, I honestly I, I know a little. I, you know, I might be able to do a little bit about it, but the problem is so large and mm-hmm. so intent and DC you know public school system in general is so riddled with inequality and racism that I, I'm I'm I feel like I'm getting burnt out on teaching was yeah. honestly what she said. And it just brings me to 
you know, how can we, when we know that the system is so put up against us and we are so tired and weary from having the conversation over and over and over again of how it's broken, yeah. but no, it doesn't seem that anything ever really changes. Like, mm-hmm. how, how can we continue to take care of ourselves, man? It's like, wow. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the the key things about that, especially us as being like, like you said, fresh, young educators, um, I know for me personally, one thing that always keeps me going, um, and I recently just mapped it out that so far as I've been practicing teaching, um, I've spent around 4,000 hours in the classroom. Oh my God. Total. Um, and I think, you know, they, they have the 10,000 hour theory mm-hmm. um, about becoming a master and an expert. Um, and I think one thing that keeps me going is thinking about that. Like, I personally want to be a master educator. Like, I want to be so good mm-hmm. at my craft, at my job, that, yeah, with, when students come into my classroom, I can give them this rich knowledge, this worldview, expose them to different topics, expose them to different things. Um, and I think bringing it back to like the social studies science stuff is that one thing I've noticed in my school too that, yeah, you, as the teacher, you have to make the choice, the conscious choice to say, okay, I need to give my students this content um, and it don't be, and it not let it be routine content, like everyday content, like uh, the curriculum that my second graders are in right now has them learning about, you know, settlers and pioneers and American Indians. Yeah. And it's told from the Eurocentric point of view. Um, and it really crushes me um, because I'm just like, this is just wrong. Like, you know, this is just so wrong. Um, and I think that it takes a teacher um, to say, you know what, like, I get that this is in the curriculum, but I can't teach this material. Like, I just absolutely cannot. Um, and you have to be committed to that and be willing to make that change, um, I think, in order to not burn out. I yeah. think that um, if you keep trying to, like, stay within the system, you're going to burn out. The system is... I think created for you to burn out you know what i mean um and then they get some fresh people in there that are you know brainwashed or whatever you want to call it that just keep perpetuating the system and that's how everything keeps going and 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 and, and brainwashed could be harsh right like yeah 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 brainwashed <laughs> could be harsh but like we we're taught ignorance we're, we're taught ignorance we're taught um in a way that does not give credence to true history um comprehensive yeah history comprehensive understanding and so uh, brainwash sounds a, a little bit crazy but it, it is true like we're taught to believe and we're taught a certain understanding yeah. of how we're supposed to teach one and two what we're supposed to be teaching yeah and if we believe that then brainwash might seem a little bit extreme but that yeah. is in fact what's going well, on that's what's going on <laughs> right yeah. um and i think there's something to be said about i i i i want to challenge something that that you did say right and, mm-hmm. and and that is that um you know even going in with that mentality of like i'm not going to teach i'm not going to buy into the system right i'm going to try to you know, build this new uh, curriculum and teach the curriculum that I know is right. 
um, that that's how you keep yourself from being burnt out. I, I've seen the woman that I was talking about, I've seen this woman do some really amazing things, really, really, I mean, she's given the curriculum, but she really does, I think, the most that she feels like in her power, yeah. she can to sort of upend that narrative. Yeah. And um, there's something to be said about someone who, you know, our point of view, we're just getting in here. Yeah. And we're talking about someone who's worked 20 years. And teacher burnout is real, y'all. Yeah. Like, people get so tired of, I mean, I think a lot of people will try to blame it on kids, right? That it's the yeah. kids that mm-hmm. burn you out. But when the curriculum that you're teaching is just, it's not meeting the needs of your students and you know it, and you know it, and you, you really try, you do the best you can. Oh man, what what can that do to your soul? I just I just yeah, that's why you have to stop teaching the curriculum. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, for, for real, for real, for real. Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And I and I think for me personally, especially in this age that we're in, I think we need to see radical educators once again. Mm-hmm. I think that um, it has to happen because too many times, like you know, like I've um, you know, you can go to like you know, there's educational conferences, um, and I went to the 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 black men. Um, in education yeah. convening in Philly and that was a great conference and they talked about it right and you go to all these sessions and you learn all these things like you're kind of like the, the educator that you're talking to mentioned like you know these theories these great PDs and resources out there and everybody's like yeah I don't I don't want to you know keep perpetuating the yeah, system culturally responsive yeah teaching. you know Woo. culturally relevant rele- um, reality pedagogy um, but it's like when are you actually going to do it is I think the the question is like when are you actually going to say okay wait I'm willing to go through whatever re- repercussions consequences that you might think like you said to protect your own soul mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, and like I said I think that's really the only way not the only way but a, a one of the strongest ways that teachers can combat teacher burnout um, and I will say this too something that I happen to like kind of personally believe um and i would actually be very interested in talking to like some um veteran educators about this but i do think that there's a certain point where certain teachers if you are burnt out you need to quit you need to find something else to do because i've seen this too in my own school a teacher that's burnt out isn't helping her kids anymore it's just uh you're You're just yeah you're you're tired you're frustrated you're you're always busy you're restless and I've seen the emotional, and you, yeah, you don't have that compassion anymore. Your emotional capacity is very limited. Your patience is very limited. And children are, children are taxing. Taking care of children day in and day out is a lot. Um, and I think teacher burnout is something that definitely needs to be taken more seriously. Um, and teachers need to, yeah, find ways to combat teacher burnout more, but also to recognize how bad their teacher burnout is and might sometimes have to say okay look I might need to take a step back because I've seen some teachers I'm around teachers that are burnt out all the time and they put kids through hell they put kids through the ringer because they themselves are burnt out yeah I feel you that's a big statement that's a big statement and I feel like there may be a few of our listeners who may think that's extreme. You're yeah. asking someone who has put ye- possibly years yeah. into a career and a profession, and you're saying that 
they need to quit their livelihood, their job, and that doesn't seem fair. Well, I would say this. Well, what would you say? Because I would say because, well, yeah, you have yeah, to find yeah. a way of getting some new inspiration. Like mm. I said, you can't keep going into. I don't think teaching is a is a is a career, a job that you can keep doing day in and day out when you're burnt. When yeah, you're burnt no, out, I agree. I agree. You can't. You can't keep going. Um, and you know, to the educator that you're talking about now, that yes, they might they're doing some great stuff here and there, um, but then she's still day in and day out. They're burnt out. Then they need something like something like that person. Yeah, that person might not need to quit, right? They might need something. Yeah, like just some inspiration to refresh, mm-hmm. and take some time on for something, and and take some time to really figure out. You know, our program, Urban Teachers, is great at reminding us to dig deep and figure out our why, and our remind why. ourselves our why. And I feel like that's very important because yeah. even for myself as a young fresh educator, I find myself every month or every couple of weeks. Having to sit down on a Sunday or something and be like, "Why am I here?" Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> that's just real. Opening that's up my, real. Opening up my journal oh, and just man. writing down, like, okay, that's like, so why real. do I really want to do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I've even felt myself be burnt out. And there's certain days where you know, like, I'll be extremely tired, and then you know, I'll end up leading the day by myself, and I, I'll realize that I'm being very strict and harsh on my kids mm-hmm. today. And then I have to take some time at lunch to step outside and be like, okay, wait, you need to regroup. Yeah. When the kids get back here in the afternoon, start fresh, yeah. reconnect, and get right back to you know who you are. Cause it's, um, it, yeah, it can be hard sometimes when that kid comes in and just does some wiling, exactly. something or another, and, and you and then you got to go the whole day and you gotta you gotta forgive and move past. Exactly. You're just like, oh, you little <laughs> woo, like yeah. And I especially feel like I especially feel like yeah, for veteran educators that have been in it, yeah, twenty plus years, yeah, they just don't have the patience. Um, and you know, sometimes they do resort to just being like, you know, like yo, like no, I'm just gonna be a tyrant. You know, I'm just gonna go in right now because I just I don't have the energy for it. Um, and so I think that's definitely something that needs to be. Um, considered a lot more um, and talked about and discussed and even you know this platform that we're trying to create I think is something that you know educators get benefit from when it comes to just being able to talk right like just being able to talk about you know what's going on how you're feeling get some of those ideas off of like okay well this is what I like to do this is what's frustrating me you know what I mean um, because yeah, I, I see a lot of burnt out educators day in day out, and I also see the way they treat the students, and it's like okay, something's got to give, you know what I mean? I don't think that you can, you shouldn't sacrifice the student because you're burnt out. That's the way I look at it. The student shouldn't suffer. Um, yeah, no, no, because you're burnt out. Yeah, and so yeah, I think I think at this point this turns a conversation to on the day to day, man. How do you take care of yourself? How, how, how do you practice that self-love and that self-care? Because I know for me, so sometimes what I have to do for myself is I just have to deep, I have to disconnect a little bit. I, I have yeah. to pull myself, uh, I have to recede into myself a little bit more because when, you know, the teaching profession, uh, a lot on the day-to-day is, is having to, to give a lot of yourself out. Yeah. Having to give a lot of stuff to your kids, to your coworkers, um, that I feel like for me personally, it's a little bit about receding to myself, you know, 
it sounds a little bit cheesy, but doing the bath with the candles and the sage, and you know, sometimes just taking those moments of self-reflection and 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 making sure that Malcolm's okay and that Malcolm's <laughs> doing good is, is what I need. And and even I would say part of my self-care is even this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, taking some That's time to work through some of those processes or the, those those. The thinkings we have in our head, what's going on in our mind, talking them out with um, a friend, uh, and, and just making sure that you know you're not crazy for thinking that sometimes that things are are messed up, yeah. right? And and reaffirming that part of yourself that that knows that you're here for a bigger purpose. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and you know, for me, um, taking some time to myself is is definitely something that I need to that I do, um, that I need. Um, and one of the biggest things that, well, I'll say one of the more interesting things for me that really helps me like refresh and like recover is spending time with my students outside the classroom. And like, I like, like a lot of times during the week, like I'll have lunch with my students and like students in other classes. Um, because it reminds me that my kids are kids like like and it's like that breath of fresh air when we're like everybody's finally like outside the classroom there's no like work and no need to like keep our voices low um and you know act in a certain way and we're like the kids like at lunch they're like totally different people they're like totally different people um and you know i'll just go into the cafeteria sit down and a few of them will come and join me and they'll like be doing their own thing talking and stuff um, and for me, that's my way of, like I said, recognizing that, like, okay, my kids are still kids, recognizing that I am still, you know, a mentor, a coach, an educator to them, um, a role model, um, and giving myself that time to say, okay, like, for me, that helps me think about my why at the moment. Like, this is why you're here. It's, it's you funny know? that you say that, you know, that's actually like one of the, um, like, quote unquote, like rewards that I do in our class. Yeah. Is that you know if you throughout throughout the class throughout the week yeah you know you if you get a shout out either from a peer um, or from a teacher then you get a ticket and the ticket goes into you know a large box mm-hmm. and then you draw from the box and everybody gets tickets I think we do about four four tickets are pulled um, and those people get to pull from the prize box yeah and one of the things that I offered for my students was instead of getting a prize from the prize box they could have lunch upstairs with me the teacher mm-hmm. and. I feel like recently, we because Fridays we haven't had a lot of Fridays and Fridays have been a little bit crazy. Um, we haven't really been doing yeah. the pulling of the of the tickets that much. But I, I find, and one of the things that I would say that the previous when we were one of the things I find is that students will actively like they'll take that option to have lunch oh, yeah. with you like that. A lot of the students will they'll be like. I don't need a prize. Like I want to sit with Mr. Ivan Connor yeah. and my friends and like just chat and have a good time. Yeah. And that's like, it, it's rewarding. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's, it's you know again it affirms the why mm-hmm. of like why am I here and you know I'm more than just uh, a figurehead in the classroom. Yeah, uh, someone to spout out information, but that my presence and um, just. My, my listening ear yeah has value to them mm-hmm. and, and, and it feels good yeah, yeah. for sure I, I said that, that that's really interesting that you talk about that as being a practice of self-care and yeah. self-love I, I 
I, I think when I think about it, I, I would have to agree mm-hmm. that that feels really good. For sure. Yeah, um, and you know, it doesn't work for like some like even at my school, like teachers, some of the teachers look at me crazy, like it's your break, like well, you don't want to just run. I know, out yeah, here. they do. Like, they, you know, like, you nuts. don't want to run out here. But I think even as we start having these conversations, like that's one of the things that I reimagine for the um, the field of education of reimagining that teacher student relationship to where. Yeah, like, okay, in the classroom, yes, we're teacher and student. But then once we get outside the, outside the classroom in a mutual setting like lunch, then there's this different dynamic. Because I've even noticed at lunch, like, my kids are they're more comfortable with me. We can talk about more things. I can give them some guidance on some things. And it doesn't just have to be about academics. Um, and I think even, like, when we talk about, like, stuff like social studies and science, um, I think there's always teaching moments, right? Like, there's always different teaching moments so even like you know at lunch during the conversations that they have about like they be talking about boyfriend and girlfriends and so and so like so and so and so and so did this and the the music they listen to and what they did on the weekends and the videos they watch and stuff like this and it's like time for us to talk about those things and for me to like just listen to them or guide them in the direction they want to go and just hear them out they hear me out um and i've seen that in the classroom you know, it also has an impact as well to where now we have like this trust, this this bond where it's like, okay, yeah, Mr. Malcolm is my teacher, but Mr. Malcolm actually like really genuinely cares for me and like is here to take care of me and will listen to me. Um, and that's a pretty radical thing because yeah. students, I mean, I've had students actively tell me like that teacher, like they, they don't, that teacher, like that teacher doesn't like me, like that yeah. teacher has it out for me, like. And they, there's that feeling. Yeah. Like, students them. are scared to talk to yes. certain teachers. Yes. Like, if not all teachers. But, I've, yeah, they, they have this this teaching has become this thing where it's like, how we talked about, like, the student is down here, down on, another, like, down here, and the teacher's all the way up above here. And we can't come here. But to, to me, we should be able to sometimes meet on a middle ground. Like I said, like, sometimes during lunch in that common communal space, we can meet on a middle ground and we can talk. Mm. And then, like I said, transfer that into the classroom where, like, yes, I still have to be the teacher, you know, but now at least you know that you can come here. And there, you know, there, there's a really important word you just you just said there that was communal, mm-hmm. right? And, and how do you, you know, I know we're, we're talking about self care, but, um, you know, part of, I feel like for me, part of that self care and part of that practice is making sure that I maintain that feeling of community. Yeah. Like that, that's, yeah. When that feeling of community feels consistent, I feel I feel taken care of. Yeah, exactly. I feel I feel love, right? And even if it's, um, you know, with my students or um, me as a student with my professors, right? When I when I feel like my when my professors have my back, like I feel good. Like yeah. I feel good in the coursework. <laughs> exactly. I feel good in my papers I'm writing, and that goes all the way back to my students as well, or our students, right? When we're taking care of our students, and our students feel. Like they can take care of us, I feel like our ability to take care of ourselves yeah. gets easier. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ironically, yeah. <laughs> no, it does. It does, and I think it. Like we talk about, like teacher burnout. It's like you gotta find ways to like make your job not feel like just a job. Um, and I think that's how a lot of teachers are do get burnt out because they walk into the school building and they're 
already like, uh, these kids. And I just look at them like, uh, these kids. Mm -hmm. And you're always around just, uh, these kids. kids. (laughs) And so, yeah, you're going to get burnt out. You know what I mean? But, you know, I walk into the school and, you know, yeah, I feel good seeing, you know, all my students and, you know, saying hi to them and talking to them and ask them about their, their night and how they feeling this morning. Um, and, you know, even like something simple, like I had a, um, for dismissal, um, when we have late dismissal, we got to walk the kids to the library. And yesterday, one of my students, um, two of my students, I was walking them to the late dismissal pickup and they, um, one of them had a dollar. So she was like, can we go to the vending machine? And so I was like, yeah, we can go. And then one of the other students didn't have a dollar. She was like, can I get something from the vending machine? And I just like made a joke. I was like, do you got vending machine money? And she was just like, no, I don't. And I was like, well, then how are you going to get something out the vending machine? And it was just something we laughed about, right? This morning, she comes into the classroom and she's like, Mr. Malcolm, guess what? I'm like, what? She's like, I got vending machine money today. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like little stuff for me like that, like keeps my spirits lifted. You know what I mean? It's just like that little like laugh. Humor, and it seems like nothing. You know? Like it seems yeah. like, a, like a little nothing moment. Exactly. But then like they remember, like, and even though it feels like it's like, Someone might hear that and think you're ragging on them, <laughs> but like they know. Yeah, exactly. They know. Like, like it's they like know. it's like because you know, like my mom used to be like, "You got McDonald's money?" Like it's like <laughs> a joke. So it's like it was just you know a good humor laugh. But it's like like I said, it's that connection between you and your student. And like it was funny because another one of my students was like, "What are you guys talking about?" <laughs> and you know, she told him she was like, "It's an inside joke. Like leave us alone." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it is. It's just like that little com- com- camaraderie. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you said, that communal, that community feeling, I think that could go such a long way for teachers. Like, I think that could go such a long way with, like I said, it's not just, uh, these kids. It's like, no, these are my kids. Mm. These are my students, yeah. my children. And, and, and even to, to sort of bring it back to, you know, the teacher who's been teaching 20 years, because mm-hmm. you know, honestly, Malcolm and I, we, we can't speak to that experience. We, we don't yeah. know what it's like mm-hmm. teaching 20 years. But the thing that sounds what what sounds really good to me, and what I know makes me feel good, is when you know that you have a community around you, and it doesn't feel like it's you against the system. Exactly. Right. That's that's where because you know I couldn't imagine being a part of a school or part of a community a community of teachers mm-hmm. who I felt like I was the only one who wanted to really affect radical change. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if I was the only one, it would feel impossible. It would feel like I, it was me versus a mountain. Yeah. And and so if teachers can really begin to pull those other radical educators closer to them and begin to sort of build themselves a community of individuals that think beyond the classroom. Yeah, exactly. Um that can really I th- I think that can really go a long yeah. way to sort of fighting mm-hmm. that that feeling of burnout yeah. right? and, and, and practicing that self-care and that self-love is, is developing yeah, that community exactly. and developing not just the personal practices like I was talking mm-hmm. about that I do for myself mm-hmm. that include the bubble bath <laughs> right. and the glass of wine. Yeah, it's good to say the wine. <laughs> <laughs> like, those are the personal, but on, on, a, on a broader, larger scale, you know, making sure that community that backs you is the one that you know is, is going to be searching for that same end goal that yeah. you've got. That, that can do a lot. Yeah. What, 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 what do you say? You mm-hmm. agree? Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think even to like what you said about being a radical, radical educator, it's like part of that fear of like what what's going to happen and like, oh, I might lose my job and all this kind of goes away. Like you said, when you have that community, because like if you have students, 
in all grade levels that are just riding for you, just like love you and just like know that you're great other and you care for them. Exactly, that are other for teachers, you. parents, you know, you really have that back in you. Then, yeah, when you fight against the curriculum and now your administrators are like, whatever, I don't know about are, that. Yeah, are like going against you, you know, they can't really say much though when, when the whole community backs you up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's kind of hard for them to be like, well, you know, it's kind of like, dang, you know, like, no, he's he's doing what he, he he's meant to do, like, he, what he's going to do. Like, he's, the community loves him. There's nothing I can do to him, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and like you said, yeah, I think that is creating that safe space for yourself. Um, and, you know, that's something I think about, too, is, like, trying to be a radical educator. That's the first thing that I need. I need the community on my side. I need mm-hmm. I need students writing for me. I need parents. Like you said, the other teachers that are just like, yo, yeah, no, you can't. Don't tell him to stop. Like, this is amazing. You yeah. know, he's doing amazing work. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a big aspect of it. Um, and, yeah, the personal practices are definitely important. Definitely got to maintain those. Um, but I think sometimes, yeah, a different way of looking at teacher burnout is like, yeah, what can you do, like you said, day by day, you know, and day by day you're in the classroom. So you got to start figuring out some stuff like you got to make your classroom like you know, when I think about making having my own classroom and, you know, I'm sure Same we're going to talk about this more. Yeah. Like I want my classroom to be like, yeah, like my studio, you know, what I mean, that's, that's going to be my place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm going to get busy in there. Um, it's going to, yeah, it has to be a safe space, you know, for me and my students, you know what I mean? Um, I think about, you know, sometimes because I'm because when you're you're finally like a a teacher of record, yeah, you're gonna have to stay after school and you're gonna have to do all this stuff. But it's like, it wouldn't be as tedious, right? If you was like cool with some of your students and they could come in and help you and, you know, you could talk to them. And like I said, that's ways to give them some additional lessons and content. Um, And I just see it being a very, a very smooth process. Um, It's definitely a delicate balance. Um, I'm learning that as well of like, you know, you can't go too far with certain students and, you know, some students, you know, at lunchtime, like, yeah, if they had had like a, a bad morning or a rough morning, I do tell them, you know, when I come in there for lunch and like, Mr. Mount, can I sit with you? I tell them like, no, you know, you know, you had a rough morning this morning. You know, I'd rather you go sit at lunch, you know, get yourself together. Come back better. Yeah. Tomorrow. Have a better afternoon tomorrow. We retry, and then, yeah, you can come sit with me. You know what I mean? Um, so you do have to keep that balance, and it's not like, yeah, I'm just buddy-buddy, you know, with my students. But it's like I am – I do consider myself a friend of my students, mm-hmm. um, but also their teacher. And I think that, you know, they're learning over time, you know, like even like today when I teach my lesson, you know, they know that like, okay, yeah, he's still a teacher. He's still a grown man. You know what I mean? But yeah, Mr. Malcolm is cool. He's, yeah, I'm I think cool that he's going to hold me accountable. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I think it just makes the relationship work because I, I think about it all the time. Like even some of my boys that are a little, you know, rougher around the edges and always kind of goofing off. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, I can put my arm around him. Like I said, that coach aspect, put my arm around him and tell him, you know, bring him to the side. Like, look. You get kind of out of hand. <laughs> you know? We're gonna have to take it, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, take a step take, back real quick. Take, take a deep breath. You know what I mean? Take a deep breath. Let's let's snap back. We're in the classroom, all right? Mm-hmm. And you know they could look at me and say, "Cool, he got me. I got mm-hmm. it." You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I feel like this is a great place to go ahead and end for today. Yeah. I, I would say go ahead. This would be a great time. Um, maybe after this podcast, go ahead and take a little bit of time to write down what some of your self-care practices are, right? Yeah, definitely. And sort of take a time, some time to reflect on ways that you can, one, build those personal practices, but two, 
what are you doing to build that community for yourself? What are you doing yeah. to make sure that when you're educating and when you're coming to the table as an educator, that you are surrounding yourself with a community of people that are that support that, that yeah. believe in your mission and believe in you. And when you do that, you'll be able to, I feel like, be a lot more successful and, and, and survive that, yeah, that burnout. Definitely. Um, definitely. So, Especially as, as young educators, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Definitely. It starts now. Yeah, exactly. For all, the, for all those young educators who are listening, it starts right yeah, now. Exactly. Like you need to be finding those people that, that got your back, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and that's not just the, the homies, <laughs> um, you know. I, and I feel like this is a, another important aspect is that it's not just friends. Yeah. Right? It's not just people that are friends, but people that, you know, when you reach out to them, you know that the work they're going to be bringing you and, and the person that they're going to be coming is, is, is their 100% best selves, mm -hmm. right? So uh, just keep that in mind. Um, feel free, again, check us out on uh, Facebook, um, Instagram, check out our website. Please communicate with us and be on the lookout for some of the. I don't want to say interviews. Interviews is a little yeah. bit more discussion, formal, round table yeah, discussions, round table discussions you know? yeah. that we're going to be having coming up in the future. I think they're going to be so cool. Yeah. And I'm so excited for some of the people. I don't want to give you spoilers, but um, we've been, I, I ran into this guy who possibly someone from um, civil rights <laughs> uh, um, era who was doing some really awesome activism back in the day, be able to bring that sort of old school perspective into this. I'm, Oh man, so yeah. so so no, excited to have so many people dope. on here exactly. for sure. So um, this is Malcolm and Malcolm signing off in the last words. Yeah, no, talk to you guys when we talk to you guys. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs>